What is poppin' everyone? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. I am your host, Ben Carlin. And I am your co-host, Jonathan Carlin. You're finally leaning into it. I have been saying co- I'm saying we are co-hosts the whole time. You're finally not fighting it. Oh no. Aha! What's happened? That's right. I still think you refer to yourself as a co-host, and I'm gonna call that a massive win in my book. Mm, we're, we're both co-hosts. Mm, we're both co-hosts okay. of this year, Pop cast ben um as ever do we uh do we want to start with a corny joke have you got one for us there I, I think i do although all of my all of my data in front of me has simultaneously uh, crashed all at once so knock knock who's there control freak control oh, freak. okay now you say control freak who <laughs> i feel like that was terrible timing <laughs> that's like interrupting cow moo moo <laughs> Yes, excellent, excellent. All right, thank you for that uh, corny joke. This is the first podcast we are recording post-Christmas. It's finally not Christmas. Oh my gosh, and we've finally seen The Rise of Skywalker. We've seen The Rise of Skywalker, and we've seen the finale of The Mandalorian. Yes, we have, which was yeah. actually kind of fascinating. But as a as a quick heads up to everybody, we will have mild spoilers for The Mandalorian. Mild. 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 Like, I, I feel like we're not really about to, like, you know, give away the wagon or anything like that. No. What's, what's the phrase? Give away the tree? Give away the windmill? I think it's throw out the baby with the bathwater. Is that, is that I don't, what you're thinking That is so not what I was thinking of. Different saying? That phrase. Okay. Yeah. You know, phrases are funny, like, when people have just, like, not heard an, a phrase, like, that's super common their oh, entire yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so uh, my fiance, Alice, had never heard until, like, three months ago the phrase give it the old college try (laughs) really yes like she is a college graduate who has never heard the phrase give it the old college try wow that's really that's really funny is there anything like are there any phrases that you have ever been on the receiving end of this for yes yeah there was one um someone to me once said what has that got to do with the price of tea in china and i was like what did you just say like like basically someone's like why is that relevant like that's that is what it means right that's the yeah yeah but i had never in my entire life heard this totally bizarre phrase that i guess is a thing although i do think that many people i have done a little bit of reading on it now have like different things like it's not the price of tea always but like right it's like the 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 price of butter in china or something right right it could be the price of anything the price of anything yeah 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 as long as it's not really important to you here right now right what's that the price it. of Legos in China. <laughs> See, it works. Everyone it gets it. Everyone gets Everyone it. Everyone gets it. Uh, the other one that I had, oh goodness, um, what is the phrase? I made a video about it in year one. It's the old wives tale. Old wives tale is yeah. one of them uh, where it's like old wise tale. Right. Is it an old wise tale or an old wives tale? I can't believe that it's old wives tale. Like, I feel like old wise tale just makes so much more sense. Like, it, it seems like that is referring to, you know, like that fabled story of the of the boy who cried wolf or whatever. You yeah. Know? Like, like it. Wolf. I don't know. What did I say? Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> Wouldn't I, that be funny? I know what you meant. <laughs> if someone, the boy who cried wolf. <laughs> the entire story of the boy who cried wolf is actually about a boy who keeps alerting to a, a disembodied bark. <laughs> Yeah, I made a video similar to this in year one about the phrase, um, for all intents and purposes. Yes. And a common mishearing of that phrase is for all intensive purposes. Yes. Of which it makes sense because similar to old wise tale, it sounds like all intensive purposes means pretty much the same thing for all intents and purposes. Exactly. Yeah. Intents and purposes. Like, cause this is something where I definitely my entire life was always saying intensive purposes. Yeah. And I would go so far as to make the leap that nobody has ever even realized one, that I was saying the wrong thing or two, that they also thought the wrong thing was the right thing. Oh, this is what happens is you hear it so fast and it's such a subtle difference that one you don't that you don't want to correct it because you assume either that they just misspoke or that you've been misspeaking the whole time and you don't want to cross either bridge like it's not a big enough deal to like bring up all of a sudden sure so you just let it go into the ether and you don't know which one was right so you would not correct somebody for getting one of these wrong oh no i would you would okay. i personally would oh, but this is why i believe yeah oh yeah strong opinions on my i'm sorry 
what was that? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's old wives' tale, Ben. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, this one, I will say, as a kid, uh, for a long time, because it was not a sport that was available to us or talked about very much in school, was volleyball versus volleyball. Like whether or not it started with a B or a V. Like as a small child, mm, I don't know. Entirely interchangeable. Entirely interchangeable. Like, are, like, I don't know what people are saying. Are they saying volleyball or volleyball? Like, it happens so fast. I can't tell. I can hear that. I yeah. can hear that. Although I don't, I don't ever remember not thinking that it was volleyball. But now that you say volleyball, I'm fairly certain that I have said volleyball before. Mm-hmm. Yes. Raise your hands, little colonels, if you have said volleyball or if that was a common. Let us know, hashtag popcorn culture, any phrases you have gotten wrong like this throughout the years. Yes. Yeah. The, the only other one that I've heard of is um, blessing in disguise. Oh, oh yes, um, I know exactly where this is going. Yes, uh, one of my one of my close friends always thought that it was blessing in the skies. Right. <laughs> and again, it's one of those where I kind of feel like it could make sense. Right. Like a blessing in disguise might be, you know, like your car is in an accident and it already had a problem and the insurance fixed what was otherwise a problem. So like being in a car accident that nobody got hurt in was maybe a blessing in disguise because it ultimately led to your car being more properly fixed. Right. Was the example I could come up with immediately off the top of my head. Yeah, not because your car was recently hit. My car was recently hit yeah. in the street. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't Sitting in still. It. Yeah. So somebody, yeah, somebody was just driving down the street and they were texting and they just ran right into my brand new car. So it doesn't make it any better to have it fixed. But I, I, I actually had this want because it was like, I've had, I've had it be the case before where um i used to drive all the time for work i had this aquarium company so yeah. i'm constantly like was out in my truck and the thing is is that the more often you are using the vehicle the greater the likelihood ultimately that you are going to accidentally bump into something with it yes because it's like you are good at driving 99.99 percent of the time but all it takes is that 0.01 time right where where you were in a rush or you like pulled into a parking spot and didn't realize that there was like a cement block in front of you or something right and um, then you pull forward and it's like, no. You hear so, that terrible sound. That happened to me once upon a time. I had bought, I was fresh out of college. I had bought my new truck. Um, it was my first car that I, I owned entirely on my own, was making all my own payments and everything. And the girl that I was dating at the time drove a pink car. Right. A pink I remember car. it. Yeah. It was bright. It was, yeah. Like literally the license plate was Pepto. Yeah. And, and I'm not joking. Like it actually was. I remember. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was one of those cars that you would remember seeing around town. Right. And you'd right. be like, whoa, that's a pink car. Oh, they've even leaned into it. Right. Look right. at the license plate. They get the joke. Oh my God, Ben's dating her. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, I've got my, my brand new truck and we had a driveway. This was actually when you and I were living together when we started Super yeah. Carlin Brothers, the YouTube channel. Um, and I was going to back out one day and I backed out right into this pink car at like 0.5 miles an hour. So it was next to nothing, but it was just barely enough to put a dent in my bumper. And the, it was not a big deal. It was barely even visible to anybody but me, but it drove me crazy. And I did like everything I could. I remember buying, I bought like a strong magnet thinking I could like pull the dent out of the metal. Yeah. Yeah. Which was never going to happen. Right. Bumpers are like intentionally very solid objects. Um, so it didn't work at all. But all this to say that if that car had gotten run into, then somebody would have had to replace the bumper for me and it would have been a blessing in the skies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You get it. Yeah. Because the, the blessing would have been raining down on you unexpectedly. Right. Just like a blessing in disguise. Oh, oh look at that. Look at that. We made it. We brought it full circle. I, I feel like there's. it's almost kind of interesting to me that so many of these like common phrases are so misconstrued like I, I feel like people have almost it's like lmnop in the alphabet yeah where people like merge them all together it's right. like really when people say like intents and purposes or intensive purposes like they're, they're saying like a a word that's really long and has a couple of hyphens in it but they're just saying one word effectively lmnop like, like lmnop like one letter you know yeah like what what they've done is they've they've merged all those things into one big cluster and and that's it so it's like you know it's blessing in disguise this is this reminds me of a phrase we used to hear from our dad all the time which was hear what I mean because oftentimes 
uh, being in a house with three teenage sons, you'd get a lot of, like, smart aleck responses to requests to go do, like, a chore or something. Yes. And you'd be like, take out the trash, and be like, yeah, I took it outside, it's not in the garbage can. And be like, yeah, that's a terrible response. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know? right, yes. like, I did what you said. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. As a general rule, yeah, your goal should not be to one-up your dad by, yeah. by a technicality. Yeah, so he, like, the, um, I remember this phrase coming up a lot, just hear what I mean, and I feel like I, I feel like I internalize that a lot. Like often when we're shooting videos, I w- w- I will deliver the information like that I'm saying in the form of a question, and I'm just replacing the words in the question with the words from the script, so that it's you're you're hearing the question, but the words are different. You're he- okay. I see what you're saying. You know, I see what you're saying. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah hear what I mean. Hear what I mean. Hear what I mean. No, I mean it's a it's a good thing in general. I think that it's a it's probably even a decent philosophy. Like as you're interacting with others, mm-hmm. is is not taking things maybe too literally, but understanding that sometimes like what what the actual intention of what the person said was. Yes, yes, that is that is a good rule of thumb yeah. for sure. Makes yeah. just what what do you think they meant? Oh, I would also just add on to that to give people just the benefit of the doubt oh, most sure. of the time. Yeah, yeah, like. My assumption whenever I'm talking to someone is not that they are trying to antagonize me. Oh, sure, 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 you know? sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> or, or in general, that's... So I, I feel like I'm one of these people who is is maybe um, lives in the, the wonderful land of ignorance and that, like, I, I tend to assume that just all people are good people and that, like, in general, people are not out there to, like, make other people's lives worse. Right. And so I feel like my, my typical resonance with the way that I, I imagine how everybody is speaking to the world is, is under that notion right people are not trying to be mean and maybe they're being mean on accident at times um and but otherwise yes no that's that's typically i i also i treat that in the way that i'm i feel like it would be hard to offend me under most circumstances because i'm usually not assuming that the person is attempting to right yeah yeah no one's just coming at you guns blazing guns blazing most of the time yeah man yeah Good, good, good thing to carry around with you. I think is the benefit of the doubt. There you go. Yeah. There you go. If ever you thought someone offended you, do you think they really meant to? Right. Yes. And why? Why would they? Why would they? And if you're gonna peel back those layers, further understanding what may have led that person to reach the point in their life, perspective <laughs> is such a big thing. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. I am presently reading uh, a book. The Seven Habits of Very Effective People. Yes. Which I'm sure you've heard of. I, I have heard of it because we have talked about it. Well, we've talked about it. It's one of the more famous, uh, like, self-improvement, self-help books sure. out there. And How do you feel about self-help books in general? Is that something like, do you do you read many of these and attempt to constantly, like, tweak your life? Or is this a first? Let me tell you something, Ben. Okay, later on. I then. have a long, for a long time, not read many. I think once upon a time for my job, I was required to, they did like a, you know, corporate book club sort of thing where people jumped on a video call once a month and you had to discuss, you know, a chapter from a leadership book or something. Sure. Whatever. Um, and I, so I, not, not really, but I think a big part of my problem approaching it or approaching the genre of self-help books is the title of the genre itself sure it's because it's called like self-help or self-improvement which sounds like a good thing but i think approaching it then also means like it it feels like what you're doing to everyone in the bookstore is like i got got problems you know you know like okay (laughs) so hold on though so so is your concern the reaction from the people who see that you own the book or is your what is your perception of other people who tend to lean on such books no um, i think my perception my 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 fear of going over to that side of the bookstore and buying the book is not really the people in the store that's not really a big deal but it's just that like the idea that it like like admitting to yourself that you care or something sure that like i I don't know i i keep i i bring this back to a hair gel conversation you and i have had forever oh absolutely where like growing up i had friends or plenty of people like in middle school or high school or whatever would just you know style their hair yes and i don't know why but maybe like the first exposure i had to it or the first reaction i heard from it was like oh god it's kind of kind of like it was a try hard sort of mood like well this guy really cares about his appearance and you can tell because he's putting product in his hair right and so for the longest time i just avoided this at all costs like i don't want to put hair gel in my hair because then people will know i care about what i look like right which i don't want them to know but of course i do care what i look like you know 
but you don't, but this, so I think it's sort of the same thing. Like I want to improve myself, but I don't want people to know I want to improve myself. It's, and that's, you know what that's, I mean? that's a weird challenge too. Cause I, I remember the same thing in the, the early years of, of our YouTube channel. You can see me like struggling with this exact phenomenon as I'm like, I'm like taking hair gel. And the rule that I had with myself was that like, I will give myself no more than like 30 seconds to style my hair. And that was it. That was right. it. So it was like, whatever it ended up being at the end of 30 seconds was exactly what it was going to look like. Because anything more than that, if anybody accused me of spending too much time, like 30 seconds, that max, that's all I'm doing. It was like, right. it was like, I was giving myself this like rule that like, if I received ridicule that I like, I had already formulated what my counter argument was. Exactly. And, and that's sort of what it came down to. And I think slowly as time went on, I was, I, I dialed into two big things when it came to my hair. One is that I was perfectly okay with the fact that maybe I cared and that it's not a big deal. And also I get my hair cut on a schedule there you go. like at all times. So every, I have all of my haircuts planned for 2020 already. They're already appointments made that's, for the entire year. Yeah, that's so smart. That's so smart. I always forget to schedule mine and then the place we get our haircut is often so booked that I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll just schedule it. And then it'll end up being another two weeks or something before yes. I can actually get in. And I'm like, oh no, now it's going to get real bad. Real bad. Yeah. What's funny to me about your story about only allowing yourself 30 <laughs> seconds to style your hair is that you came up with the defense, but then you also lived by the defense as well. Yes. You know, because you could so easily lie. Ha- lie. Like no... Because no one's going to know. Like, uh, yeah, I do, but I only, I literally set a timer for 30 seconds and I, you know, I don't care that much. You can spend five minutes. No one knows. No one's in the bathroom with you. I know, but you know? I, I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could back when I'm already self-conscious about something in the manner that I was. I don't think that I could back it with a lie. Like, I think I need, I would have needed the truth in order to feel comfortable enough with this situation. Like I was right. I was already self-conscious, so I feel like I already would have felt like I was under the microscope mm-hmm. and surely somebody was going to see straight through right. my, my clever foil. This is a weird thing. I have felt a similar pull on this um, with insoles in shoes. Okay. Like, like, which sounds so weird, but like, I don't, I don't know if there's like a connotation to having an insole in your shoe or something or like, oh, you want, maybe it's just for comfort or something, or maybe you went and got the super feet fitting or something at the sh- the running store. And I don't know why I feel like it's a weird thing, but it's one of those things that like, no one's going to know. Like, like, I don't know why I would feel self-conscious about having insoles in my shoes, which I don't, but. <laughs> you feel like there's an obligation to like let people know. It's like, it's like, wow, I love those shoes. It's like, thanks. I have insoles. <laughs> Exactly. You're just like, like, why do you feel guilty about it when literally no one could possibly know that you do this thing? Like, I, it, it baffles me whenever I come across one of these situations. Um, going back to the book itself, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, there's like a section I'm on right now where they talk about... Getting di- insoles. <laughs> exactly. They're like, seven habits, always insoles in your shoes. <laughs> always, always, That's always. That's one of the habits it's of essential. successful people. <laughs> By the way, this episode is brought to you by Dr. Scholes. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> it's foot levelers. <laughs> also not. Um, one of the chapters, it's surprisingly, none of the habits are like things you can physically do. They're often more like mindsets you should try and adopt. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, what, one of them is that like divulging your motivation to other people is often a significant way to build trust with that person. And like... I remember he was reading because I'm listening to it on audiobook, and as those words hit me, I was like, "I am so bad at this." Like that's one of those things that is like almost always on my mind. That like I never want people to know what is motivating me or why I'm doing stuff or anything. And I'm oh, like, and I'm like, like. Oh, could I, would it make such a difference to just tell people what I want, you know, <laughs> like instead of having to work my way around it? I don't even know if I'm going to have a good example for you, but I feel like this is constantly a problem for me where I like do not want to reveal my motivation for things because I don't, this is not, I think my issue is that I don't think I, whenever I feel like I want something, I feel like I probably shouldn't want that. Oh, oh, like, you know like it's I mean? not okay to like, have wanted it. It's not it. okay like, to feel guilty about it. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Welcome to my life. I feel guilty. Uh, I, I, just, just all the time. Yes. As a constant state of being. No, I, I actually completely understand that because I think that I've I've frequently felt the same way. Like the last thing in the world I've ever wanted to divulge to anybody is the things that actually make me happy. Right. Because in letting people know that, it was almost like they could like then somehow in some perverse world use it against me. Right.
Right. Um, the other thing for me is that if I'm ever experiencing like pure joy, I feel like I am feeling guilty because I have probably like pushed people to do something longer than they already wanted to do it. <laughs> right. Like, so I remember uh, when I was in high school, this thing like I got so excited about doing once upon a time, I went out and I bought these huge tarps. They were like these massive, like, you know, just tarps. Yeah. And we would put them in the backyard. What were they? They were tarps. 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 Like, you know, a tarp. <laughs> for like camping. For like camping. Yeah. Or for covering the backyard in. And yeah. Then for water sliding. For water sliding. Yeah. yeah. So we had this backyard where you had like our basement like had these doors that would open out. And there was like this concrete pad and the concrete pad went to like this small slope that like went across our backyard. So what I would do is I would go and I would stake it all in and then I would use like dish soap and I would like cover the whole thing and I'd have like a hose out there and it would be like this re really awesome slip and slide. Yeah. And it was this thing that I absolutely loved doing. And aside from the guilt that I definitely felt like from dad who was inevitably going to be furious at me for killing the backyard both through soap and through covering you know like yeah blocking three, the grass from the sun <laughs> 300 square feet of of grass which um probably my guilt should have come from not cleaning up which is ultimately what did happen but that's right. not where my guilt came from my guilt came while i was out there like i would like run up to the top slide down get up and sprint back to the top as fast as i could and then slide down and then sprint back up as fast as i could and i would just do this and i was having so much fun do you mean just by yourself in the no, backyard no no like with, okay. with like with like 20 people there like tons of people everyone having a good time like all fun and i would be like am i doing this too much like sh like probably people probably want to go inside don't they like right. they probably had enough of me slipping and sliding but like i really want to keep doing it right and and like i would i would immediately be like mm, i should i should stop now i've i've had enough fun for for one day like yeah. i've i've enjoyed myself let it go ben let right it go. people aren't going to enjoy this for so long you had like like maybe 30 seconds of this. Okay, that was enough. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yes. No, I totally know what you mean. This is this is how I feel. This is how I knew the trajectory of Pokemon Go was going to go when that came out. Oh, yes. Once upon a time. Because the first few weeks, it was like pandemonium. Everyone was everywhere playing it. You couldn't go anywhere without seeing people like failing to log into the game or whatever. Right. No, um, absolutely. <laughs> it was it was the first time you really saw, like, I mean, it was like trending on Twitter the whole time. Like, yeah. anywhere you were out driving, like near parks and stuff, there were just like groups of people all like walking around like a little huddle. Yeah. Like, it was a thing. It was a thing. And it was, it was a thing that almost from the beginning, I had trouble like enjoying because I was having so much fun with it and I intrinsically knew that my enthusiasm for this game would carry way past all my friends who were suddenly into it for a month. Right. And it was just like, I'm not going to be able to continue to ask you guys to go do this with me after a certain amount of time. And I will say that it lasted longer than expected, but sure enough, it's like, it, it will always fizzle eventually. And like, if you know you're enthusiastic, it's like if you feel too enthusiastic about something, which is a phrase I don't like at all, uh, you, it, uh, you, like that fear that you're bothering people with your enthusiasm, it can like, yeah, like really eat away at you. No, it absolutely can. Yeah, I think this is like this. This is like if we go out to dinner with the family and I'm having like a particularly like in depth conversation with one family member, I'm like, oh, man, everybody else is probably annoyed that like we're not you know paying enough attention to the to the rest of the conversation or something. Like right. That, you know, and you're like, oh, crap. Um. But so what do we do? What 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 would the self help book tell us to do? Well, I don't know. I think for one, it would tell you to probably admit what your motivation is uh, up front. You know, if you want to. If you're trying to like sneakily suggest people back to the house and be like, hey, what do you know? The slip inside is already set up. Huh. What do you know? How about should that? we? You guys brought swim trunks, right? Should, should we do it? Should, should we? Should we go outside? <laughs> should we I, go outside? Yeah. I'm pretty sure mom has a fresh thing of dawn. <laughs> yeah. Dawn right. dish soap. <laughs> like rather than trying to like like sway the crowd's opinion to get to where you want, just be like, I want to go do this. I want to go slip and slide I right go now. Slip and, slide and you should right too. Now. Yeah. I guess that is probably what it would say. It's been a very interesting read. Yeah. For sure. So it turned me on to the idea of self-help books, but I still don't like the phrase self-help book. Like, it, I don't know what is a better phrase. I, I don't know, but like... Um they, it is true in that I feel like I tend to associate and, and very unfairly, like this is not even like my own, my own opinions, but like almost what I assume public opinion of self-help books is like sort of in that same category of people who get like really into like multi-level marketing schemes. Oh. Like, like those are the types of, of things where I feel like people get so sold on this idea of like, you are going to own your own business. You are an 
entrepreneur. Like, uh, like uh, multi-level marketing. I know, I know. So then like all of a sudden you've got this like sticker on the back of your car that says, you know, like Sensi brought to you by Ben Carlin, mm-hmm. which this is not a true story. I don't have, I'm nev- I've never been, you know, right. I've never fallen into one of those holes before. Um, but there's a, there's a certain perception about it. Yeah. Um, possibly throwing in there people who are like really big on like astrological signs, you know, it's like, oh, oh that person's such a Scorpio. Yes, can all tweet Ben about that. Which, which by the way, I am. Uh, I am a Scorpio. Classic, <laughs> I know, right? Huh. Can you what a Scorpio thing to say. I know. Maybe. Is yeah. that a thing? I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I I feel like that's self-help books, multi-level marketing schemes, and horoscopes. Yeah. Astrology. I think there are certainly some scenarios where you get more into reading like a self-help self-help books than you are into improving yourself sure sure you know what i mean maybe there's a bit of an endorphin high over the very nature of actively doing something that is making you feel like you are bettering yourself right even if you are never actually following like i'm reading the books that's doing it it's like with the but but you have to do what the books say right you know that's right that's sort of the thing and there this is why I feel like it is probably one of the more effective or more famous books is that it, it does cover that kind of mentality even within it. Okay. Where, like, for example, they talk about... They, they bring it back to, like, your your center or whatever, which is, like, the thing that drives most of your decisions. And one of the examples they give is occasionally people will be, like, really church-centered or whatever, which sounds like a great thing to motivate all of your decisions. And they'll be really active and they'll go to lots of activities and they'll do lots of stuff at the church but they won't be like practicing the stuff the church is teaching outside of it like they're really involved in being at the physical location but they're like they're 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 not really living their gospel sure yeah yeah like like and i don't even know that it's like the wrong reasons because i don't know there's like a wrong reason to get like caught up in community under uh, under like any basis of Mm -hmm. of the idea um and i i can i want to tell a story about our younger brother tyler here uh and hopefully he doesn't he wouldn't hear this because Tyler is a huge community person. Yeah. Like forever he's been somebody who I think has been drawn to the idea of like being a part of the bigger thing. Yeah. And um, I think like throughout his life, one of the ones in particular was like marching band in high school. Yeah. And the marching band at our school, it was this thing where like, if you joined it, you were like part of like this strange kind of in crowd. Like I think almost everybody in the marching band would like not consider themselves, you know, like mean girls, quote unquote, popular at at our school but the thing was is that there was more of them than there was anyone else right and they all got along super well with each other so like you know you you're in the marching band you're friends with a hundred people whereas like me on on like you know my cross-country team or whatever there were 20 of us so like even even if i was super tight-knit with my whole team you have way more friends than i do by a mile right but so i think tyler really 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 loved being a part of that whole environment and got super into that whole environment but i never got the sense that he he was obsessed with like playing the trumpet as much. Mm. Did you ever, I don't know if maybe that's a fair assessment or maybe not, or maybe I just went to college and missed his glory years of it. Well, yeah, um, I mean, I would have been in college before you, you would have been at home with Tyler more during high school than me. Um, I mean, I think he probably enjoyed the trumpet more than you and I enjoyed playing whatever instruments we played. Well, that that's there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. he was he was definitely better at the at the thing than we were at our respective instruments. Yeah. I will tell you, I joined the band in sixth grade so that I could go to New York in eighth grade. That, that was, was like, a big thing. That was like my big commitment. Yeah. So you you knew about the famous like band trip that you got to go on. Yeah. And that was like th- my entire driving force. Yeah. It was. It's weird the way I got interested introduced into band because the school in sixth grade made you choose an elective but your elective could only be one of three things really it was uh learn an instrument in the band or be in the choir or art and i you know oh learn an instrument that seems cool right you know i I wasn't particularly artistic or didn't consider myself so anyway and i have never thought of myself as being good at singing so it was really not really that many choices and it was just like you're doing it out of obligation more than like desire to be musical right right like you had to like fill a class yeah Yeah, basically basically that was my relationship with the trumpet which i was not super good at (laughs) (laughs) that's okay yeah totally totally continuing the idea of inclusion and stuff though i see you have some notes on our lovely document here about the peripheral materials associated with various fandoms 
Okay, yeah, and absolutely. How, yeah, that can. So, for example, Star Wars is a great example of this because you have the main movies, which are super pop culture. Most people are pretty aware of the general idea of Star Wars and lightsabers and Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and stuff. But then there's the comics and the books and the video games and how much of that, like... How much does not consuming that affect your relationship with people who do in terms of the fandom? Right. So I think it's really like a complicated way to look at it because, uh, and, and I think, you know, Star Wars is a great example because they do have so much peripherals, but like, I know people who would consider themselves Harry Potter fans and it's like, yeah, I love those movies. And, and like, to me, I'm like the movies, like you must be like, but you mean the books, right? You mean the books. And, and, um, but but then I feel like we go so far with it that, you know, like not only, you know, have we have we read the books over and over and over again, of course, seeing the movies start to finish over and over and over again. But we read like all of the articles, we read the interviews, we read, you know, the Wizarding World, J.K. Rowling writing that gives you like to the nth degree on just anything that ever went unexplained so that you have like the complete backstory to everything all the time and always. Right. Um, like how important does that stuff ultimately become? Should it play a role like for for star wars fans for example i would be willing to bet that there are plenty of star wars fans who their their only interaction with it is they have seen all 11 movies you know nine episodes and two star wars stories or some combination of that or some combination of that yeah popcorn culture is sponsored by shopify Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded it can add huge value and then not only that but once they're graded they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your pulls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. 
And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which, wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Um, and so it, it gets interesting, I think, especially because of how that information can ultimately affect what you see on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So for example, like for the main movies, for the main episodes, every decision is, you know, contested, of course, because of Star Wars. But it's also something where there's like, there's an enormous amount of pressure on what they ultimately decide to consider canon. Right. Like, what counts in the biggest, most obvious way? And so those decisions have to be taken with a lot of care, and it needs to be really cautious. But then, if you have offshoots of all these characters who you didn't really see that much on screen, where they want to give us more of a backstory, you know, to Boba Fett or um, you know, that one stormtrooper or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they'll they'll have someone write an entire book that gives their whole origin story, who they are, how they grew up, where they're from. And I don't know how this works. I'm not deep enough into the world of, you know, the behind the scenes of, of writing such an enormous story mm-hmm. uh, that is covered by so many different people. But to me, it almost feels like canon information can get added to the story in such a low bar kind of set where most, most, most fans probably didn't read the the novelization of, right. you know, or the backstory to, mm-hmm. you know, insert character here. Um, and so all of a sudden, it's like how much value, it is technically canon by the rules that we all agree upon, too. But what happens if all of a sudden there's a better story that makes so much more sense, but it's been defeated because there there is a backstory to that character? Can I give you my example? Because I'm I'm trying not to I'm trying not to give away the the lighthouse over here. And, uh, <laughs> to give away the lighthouse. Throw out to throw the, out the lighthouse uh, with the bathwater. That's the one. That's the one. Um, exactly. Okay, so here here is where I'm going to give the, okay. the warning. Just yeah, give so, me your example. Okay, so I'm going to give my example. So the Mandalorian has been out for a little while now, and, and it's been a, a truly interesting story which by the way spoilers small spoilers about to come for the mandalorian um but uh it's been an interesting story because in a lot of ways it has been a show about nothing uh in the same way that you know like seinfeld for example like one of the biggest comedies of all time sitcoms of all time uh that's sort of like how it was always described it's a show about nothing yeah self-described yeah um so the Mandalorian, each episode, it's sort of like a complete one-off so far where you were like, you get into it and it's like, oh, hey, look, we're on a new planet and he met a new guy and that guy helped him do a thing. Oh, how cool was that? See you later. Right. And it's like, like they were all like these self-contained little stories where ultimately at the end of the season, it, it you know, it came full it circle. Do, it does come full circle. Eventually. Right. And you, yeah. you see everybody sort of like come back into the fold eventually. But for the most part, like there's not these insane moments in every story where you need to go through and pick apart each episode and like really dissect like, oh, what did he mean like by that? And what does that probably mean? And what are they setting us up for? Like, it's a slow moving story that is nothing but entertaining. Right. Like you've got your, you've got little baby Yoda. Right. And you know he's important. You know, people are hunting him, and that's very slowly sort of pushing on the plot, but it's not the main focus of every episode. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, 
I guess my thinking here, my, my theory mm-hmm. that I was that I was slowly coming to as I'm watching the final episodes is in the Mandalorian we have this one character sort of in the um the, the sewers the sewers the mm-hmm. the Mandalorian col- covert covert yeah. something where they have all the other Mandalorian just say it fast people. no one will know yeah exactly yeah yeah the, the covert. Mandalorian covert the covert yeah. covert anyway. I hope we maybe have done it too many times now and people are gonna know what we're saying <laughs> the covert covert the covert covert exactly, <laughs> exactly. so the man the Mandalorian covert culvert you have this armorer and uh where we we first meet her i think in episode three when he's having his shoulder made yeah what is even episode one? Oh, it is episode one yeah. it is episode one okay so we meet her in episode one and um he's gotten like the little ingot of the uh best car metal which he brings yeah. downstairs and she melts it down and they turn it into the arm guard for him um and you i guess even at first you don't realize that it's a woman that is this armorer mm-hmm. but uh, like as as it goes on you know she speaks and you're like oh wow that's kind of crazy um but as the, as the episodes have gone on we've gotten to know her just like a little bit more and in in the final episode you do get to see her like in combat mode a little bit right so my theory based on almost no information just like while i'm sitting there watching it is what if that is captain phasma Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden i'm like oh i kind of like this i kind of like it because Mm -hmm. you know it's like she's this character that does come from this like crazy combat world and you know she's got like the particular chrome armor right it's very different it's very distinctive it's very strong yeah and all of a sudden if you're like whoa did phasma make her own armor oh yeah it sounds really cool it sounds so cool yeah it sounds so cool and so fitting and like even like when you see her go to battle like with all of her wrenches and stuff it's like she just she just comes across to me as like this like mega master of her craft you sort of understand like i mean she's fighting with like tongs and a hammer you know right. like quite literally the tools of her trade yeah not weapons not blasters not anything like that right so I'm like, oh my gosh, like how cool would it be if that's what it ends up being? But it just so happens to be the case that there's a novelization of Phasma's origin. Right. You kind of like dive into it and you find out she's got this brother and, you know, with her relationship with her brother, there's sort of like a, um, he was injured as a child, so he can't really like go into battle, but she's like the brawn and he's the brains of the situation. Right. You know, he's like this big time pacifist, but somewhere along the way he dies and then you're like, oh maybe that's where it comes from like maybe she's maybe she's like a good guy because she's got this like force coming from her brother and it's so cool and i don't know like so i'm I'm like putting together this whole story in my head right but then as i keep reading more about the novelization of phasma it's like nope no nope this is not it's not what it is this this armor woman is not phasma basically because the novelization prevents it from being so right like it, it it wouldn't work yeah and that disappoints me. That disappoints you because it's it's tricky with Star Wars. And I think one of the reasons it's so difficult for us on the channel to discuss Star Wars is because of the vastness of the universe. And if you want to, like, have a theory about something, it's this is we've we've had this problem before where everything can line up but it just turns out a thing about a character in a novel or in a single panel of a comic totally undoes this and you're like uh well it's there okay right and that can be frustrating and i have I remember before Disney acquired Star Wars, this was sort of how I had started to feel about Star Wars. Like, as a kid, I felt like I knew everything. We watched the movies all the time. We had all the action figures. We had all the games and stuff. And then you'd go to look up, you know, um, the information about Chewbacca or something. And, you know, Chewbacca's pretty important to the plot. And he has some stuff. He does some things. But certainly not enough to make his Wikipedia page 70 pages long, which somehow it is. Sure. You're like, you're like, God, I thought I knew Chewbacca. And oh, but, but like, turns but you, out, but you don't. It just yeah. turns out, my goodness, he, there's been so, 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 so. Wow, it keeps going. God, is how? Woo, geez, this is a long entry, and it's just, it's so difficult to know every little thing about Star Wars, and it's so difficult to then to theorize about it because if you don't know everything, then you, you might just already be wrong. You might be dead in the water before you even started. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that that becomes the question to me, though, is I think with Star Wars, all of a sudden they're going to be, you know, like as they continue to expand the universe, as they continue to make more content that has more eyes on it, which I would argue the Mandalorian does, you know, with the with the release of Disney Plus, and it's definitely like their flagship their flagship like title that came with the release of the service. Yeah. So all of a sudden you have an offshoot that maybe not like all Star Wars fans watch, but I would be willing to bet, you know, if if you're going to consider yourself a Star Wars fan, if you've watched all the episodes that's you know we'll call that you know 99 percent of star wars fans or whatever um the number of people who read the phasma book i bet is like 
two percent oh yeah it's a very 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 small select crowd of people who are like the deep divers that want everything and they can't right. get enough and that's what they do i would be willing to bet that like 70 percent in that formula have watched the mandalorian like enough eyes will have hit it because it's been so talked about because it's so good you know that ultimately more and more and more people will consume it which to me then makes me wonder like where does it fall in this hierarchy of would we ever be willing to like put an x mark over something in order to allow a better story to happen i don't think so really so yeah. that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i feel like the bar to <clears throat> enter into the world of canon in the novelization is lower to me than it is anywhere else but now we all have to abide by that bottleneck well it I mean, have you ever read any of the Star Wars novels? I have read bits of some of them. Okay, so I think what you'll find if you read them is that they are not often, they really will not be that impactful to anything other than developing the character itself. Sure. And, you know, yeah, it is it is probably weird if you, you know, saw Captain Phasma in the movies, she does almost nothing except right. lower the shields at Starkiller base and then lose a fight to Finn. And you're like, okay, yeah, I bet your entry into the encyclopedia is about two paragraphs long. And then all of a sudden it scrolls forever. And you're like, how did I miss all this stuff? Right. But it's, the thing is, like, when, I don't know, I've read a bunch of the Star Wars novels and I've never really felt like oh okay the, the, I've never like gone it's never affected the way I watch the movies or anything you know like because often the movies are already made so it's not like the characters all of a sudden motivations are seen like through a new lens or something well and, and I agree like, and, and I think the big thing is that they all know anybody who's in part in producing the movies is never going to have made it a requirement for you to read all the peripheral material in order right. to understand what's happening on screen That that is always true so that's the other thing about yeah like peripheral material like novels and comic books and stuff is if it's going into the the movie the the big thing that because that's that's always the highest thing is the movies right it's, well star wars anyway um then like they are never going to require you to see anything to have read or invested in anything other than the movies to know what's going on right and but so i feel like this is it's almost like a trend that has to be broken so it's like your argument is almost like the novelizations are never going to tamper with anything important enough and i'm almost like well i'm <laughs> never going to read the novelizations until they make them important enough to tamper with something does that make sense well, like i but i see i think the mandalorian has done a pretty good job of bridging it, it's interesting because the mandalorian is the first live action show yes and until now all we've had is animated shows and for whatever reason star wars has kept certain characters and objects and ideas seemingly like relocated to the tv shows like you th this all happened it counts but you don't need to know like th this like um the the famous character is anakin's padawan ahsoka yes like her impact on the galaxy massive would you even know about her if all you've seen was the movies absolutely not do you need to? No, doesn't matter. But the Mandalorian has, since it's live action, they have like started to bridge some of the animated stuff into the real world of Star Wars. Right. And it'll be interesting to see if then the things introduced in the Mandalorian make it into a movie. Because it's easy to say, well, that show was kind of, it's like animated. It's maybe it's made for kids. We can't expect every adult to have seen it or know. But, and, but none of that stuff has ever migrated into the movies. Right. But they have started migrating stuff from those shows into the Mandalorian. They have. They have, yeah. yes. And, and we, don't, we, don't want, we don't have to go into specifics but the finale absolutely yeah. is, is like a, there's a key 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 example yeah, of that for sure there is um which we will probably talk about eventually so if you haven't watched the mandalorian i'm going to warn you that eventually that will come up i feel like before like i also just want to throw in like i hope i don't want anyone listening to be under the impression that like having not seen everything or read everything means you're not some sort of true fan of something oh no of course not yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. no <laughs> there, there's there's nothing more frustrating to me that like yeah i feel like for super carlin brothers for example uh, like everything has always been like Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Marvel. And we've never really had a mission statement for the channel. Like right. we, we, we've never really had like a central goal or idea or anything that we were trying to do. But the phrase that I feel like you and I always kept coming back to was sort of this sentiment of celebrate your fandom. Yeah, which is so now in the intro. It's now in the intro. Um, and I think that that is a huge thing because the whole idea of 
anything that we ever like are attempting to make is to allow for a place for people to come together and enjoy the thing that we all enjoy. Right. Um, and, and I, I think there's nothing that frustrates me more, um, than when I feel left out of something because someone has suggested the idea that like, oh, well, it sounds like you're not like into it enough to be a part of this conversation. Right. Um, so no, yeah, I, I don't think that in any way, shape or form, what we're trying to suggest is that the only way to be a true Star Wars fan is to, is to read everything, to to be part of the the 2%. Like what I would say is that Star Wars fans, yeah, are that like 100%, uh, you know, and that, that is like anybody who enjoys Star Wars in any capacity. Hmm. I think my, my assertion is that my, my bet is that most people who would classify themselves as a Star Wars fan have probably seen the main episodes. Right. You know, like yeah. that, that probably be... haven't dove too much deeper than that. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, that's, I'm right there with you. Like I, I have seen, like I haven't watched Rebels. I haven't watched Clone Wars. I haven't watched or read all of the novelizations. Yeah. I have played Star Wars Battlefront 2. There you go. And read like 12 Darth Vader comics. Yeah. Yeah. We started yeah. collecting those and then we fizzled out. But now there's like only 25. We could do it. We can collect them all. We could do it. But I what think... I really want to do is collect all the covers. That's collecting things. I don't know why. This is just like, I feel like it was instilled to me also because of Star Wars as a child. <laughs> That's true. Where as a kid, we, we were like, we had these totes with the action figures and we just had like one of everything. And we knew like all the character names and like when we went to like the store it was always like we knew like what the newly released action Mm -hmm. figure was it was like oh we've never seen that one before that must be a new release yeah um so we were we were pretty pretty fanatical about it. Yes, we um, were. And that it's like one of those things that yeah. Now to this day, when the Darth Vader comics released, I was like, okay, Darth Vader, big deal. Love hearing more about what Darth Vader was like early on. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost Darth Vader's origin story opposed to like Anakin Skywalker's, which yeah. is what the prequels were, uh, which makes it interesting in and of itself. But what I really cared about was getting every alternate cover of every comic. Yeah, that, that is what I wanted. That's well, there what you I, go. That's what I was in it for. We'll have to keep hunting them down. We've got a bunch because i think the the first issue had like 10 or 12 and then after that it was just like two per comic yeah so it got easier yeah it got yeah, easier yeah. after the first one the first one there was a lot of really hard ones yes we've got a lot of them i would say i like at one point made it my goal to try and consume all of the star wars like i'm gonna how'd like, that go well it's certainly not done <laughs> i'll tell you that like the thing is even knowing everything to consume is hard. It is. Like, I was just, if you're just trying to find, okay, I want to read all the novels. Finding just a a comprehensive list of all the novels is hard. Like, here's, you want them all? Here they are in order. Read, these are the ones you need to read. It's like 30. Sure, sure. At this point. There's a bunch. So what used to be a huge, huge, huge amount of information got cut down to a smaller amount of information when Disney bought Star Wars. Yeah. But since then, it's continued to grow into another huge amount of information. It has, it has. So I think I've probably read probably, I don't know, 10 of them or something. And I have a few that I own that I have not read. But I have like a bookmark tab on my computer that is, here's all the Star Wars novels. And even that you have to sort through because there's like the junior novelization and then there's the novelization of the movie. And I'm like, I don't want to read that again. Sure. Like that, that to me doesn't count. And it's like, then there's, you, you have to like really siphon it down to, these are the main regular novels written for adults that aren't adaptations of other things, books about Star Wars. And it's just like, that's a hard list to get. It is. It is. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. Someone, what, somebody what really needs to just go through and have a concise, easy way to, like a like a checklist. Yes. There know? needs, oh my gosh. So, StarWarsChecklist.com. These are, these are the movies you need to watch. That's a pretty short list and I know all those. Here's all the shows you need to watch. There's only like four. Then here's all the books. Here's all the comics. Play these video games. You're That's caught what up. I want. And then you're caught up. It'll take you years. And even just track, it'll take you so much money, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. We had some people uh, to give a little feedback when we were talking about, like, the the spoiler culture. Yes. Saying, like, oh, if you you haven't seen something in three weeks, then you're not, like, a diehard fan. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, some of the feedback was, like, what if if I can't get to the movies? What if I don't have, like, the money to see it? And I would say, certainly we were not talking, like, like, if, if your circumstances are out of your control, I don't think that really... That doesn't that doesn't really apply to you. Oh yeah, yeah, you know no, what I mean. Absolutely, right, right, right. Yeah, no, I I think I and and that's that's one of those things where there there are absolutely one hundred percent all the time and always exceptions to that particular scenario. I think the answer to that question when we say three weeks is maybe more like our baseline as to like when as people who make content about these specific things for a living. Yeah. What my guideline is personally before I'm like before my guilt is eased enough to where I'm like someone's about to find something out probably through a thumbnail and I really 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 don't want to have spoiled something for some 
somebody, especially if it's something awesome. Right. But at some point in time, we do have to do our job. Right. <laughs> and and people are asking the question, and surely someone else will answer it if we don't. That's the thing. I, I will always check to be like, how spoilery are we making the title of the thumbnail right now? And I would just like put like search youtube to see if other people have already started to spoil it and it's just like it is out there it, it, you it know <laughs> like pe- the answer is yes um, people have. but that's the thing though so in case you're ever wondering like what what it's like being on the <clears throat> inside like on the on on this side of pressing upload on that particular episode or video or mm-hmm. picture or whatever th- it is a big deal it's it's something that we have conversations about all the time and we're like you know i think i think we have literally lessened our thumbnails before reducing the clickability of that particular video simply in the name of attempting to preserve the spoiler Ooh, yes actually the video we did last week you i showed you one thumbnail and you were like i don't know if that's the most interesting thing we talked about in this video what if we did this and i made another thumbnail and you came back and you're like this is a thousand times better is it too spoilery and i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) so i've got like a reminder on my phone to To change change the the thumbnail thumbnail at some point and i don't even think people would notice but if you do let me know which yeah yeah what episode was yeah yeah, yeah, you'll have to just yeah. see how good of how good are you at keeping track of where we are. Right. Especially since this podcast doesn't really come out the day it was recorded or anything. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. last week in terms of when we we're recording this is different relative to when you're hearing it. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So, but going from there then, um, like talking about peripheral content, like this is, this is a lot of what we do is like, we're always trying to go down the rabbit hole and find the information that maybe the, the, the person who watches the main, the big things, the big screen. Yeah. Uh, and we do it with everything, you know, Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, Harry right. Potter, Marvel, the whole the whole sweep of it. How much stock, if any, do you put into on the fly responses about like major information by either like the writer or director or the actor mm. of a given character? Oh, because boy. I would be willing to bet that like when decisions are being made in the storyboard room, that there are that there are papers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever wanted to, or a deleted scene for that matter. Like oh. If you wanted to go to a deleted oh, scene, deleted like, scenes canon. I, I've, <gasps> if they help us, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much my answer anyway but um, yeah i know i know we're we we're rather flexible with whether or not a deleted scene helps or hurts uh the scenario um usually it depends on whether or not i think our theory is actively making the story better and if it is then i will count it to whatever extent i need to right yeah is this deleted scene hurt our theory that doesn't count it's a deleted scene does it help Oh, yeah, look at this. They almost did it. Right. Come on, guys. Jeez. Right. No, I think um, one one deleted scene in particular that came up recently was when Endgame came out. People were like, what happened to Gamora? Cause yes. After the snap, because um, you don't see her again in the movie. She's the only one not at the funeral. And there's a deleted scene where post-snap, you can see her on the battlefield, sort of like mourning or, you know, uh, just recovering after the battle. People were like, oh, no, she didn't get snapped away because uh, you can see her. And the deleted scene so they must not have wanted to and it's like that's that's a really interesting one to me because whether or not she got snapped away is a really interesting discussion point and the fact that there was a scene that they deleted in some ways you can be like you can argue it either way you can say either look oh they obviously didn't intend for her to be snapped because they put her on the battlefield and right. they just didn't put the scene in then you could say oh maybe they took the scene out because they intended for her to be snapped and they're like well now we can't include the scene i know i know you know yeah, what i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe what we can title it is like just literally the gamora argument oh yeah it's like which which side of the argument do you fall the on? The Gamora you... paradox. Yes. Mm. So it's like it's so much more fun if she snapped away. Right. You know, or or if yeah, because there's no other way for her to leave. Yeah. Everything has just been destroyed. Yeah. And all of Thanos's forces just got snapped away. So right. like, there, there's no like just jogging away from this scene, finding another plane, flying it into space, and showing up some other time way in the future. Right. Right. Um. Whether knowing whether or not she was snapped makes the next Guardians movie so much more interesting. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Mm. And so that 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 would be curious, and that's something that I definitely would like to see uh, use use hashtag popcorn culture Ooh. Um, sounds like a video the gamora paradox the gamora paradox mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah this is how it happens by the way if you're right ever like how do they come up with these ideas usually a conversation exactly like this one and we're like hey that's interesting <laughs> should we do that should we put it on the board yeah yeah what are all of our arguments here there you go yeah um, but yeah, so then the, the other end of it altogether is so I, I think I am hesitant sometimes like when 
um, a character or someone. Like, I think Finn, um, John Boyega tweeted something about, like, what he was, what Finn's character was going to tell Rey. Right. The other day. And it's almost like, as the actor of Finn, you want to give him a little bit of stock, but also the actor has absolutely zero say on the story. I think that comes down to... A case-by-case basis. Yes. Because I can believe that John Boyega literally knows what Finn was going to say because they cut it out of the movie and he there was a script with his lines about it which again gives the same thing if they cut it out his account exactly know. yeah yeah it's the it's the gamora paradox it's the gamora it's the gamora paradox again, it's exactly that it's acting it's up already, everywhere ugh, it's, it's everywhere but i can i will give like i can give him some credit to like i would think that i would take that more seriously of course jj abrams has said specifically what finn was going to say so and i would say I do take him seriously there because specifically because it's an unfairly unanswered question. Sure. Which is really annoying. And because he was the director. So it's like his story. Sure. Yeah. Director and writer. Director and writer. So I feel like that gives some credence, but then it's like, it's not in the movie. I know. I there know, is yeah. still that. So yeah. Um, boy, <laughs> I know this is, this is like a thing for sure that Harry Potter fans have had to deal with forever because, um, the 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 story's creator was frequently on Twitter dropping things, and you'd be like, "Oh, that changes everything," but it's not in a book. It's so it's so weird. I think, especially with the J.K. Rowling case, mm-hmm. because she, in a lot of ways, I feel like has almost like like we like to think that J.K. Rowling is this person who like walks around with this massive bank of information in her head about everything all the time and always mm-hmm. and like we're probably not giving enough credit to the person that was writing the stories that had notes all around her that was like very carefully and meticulous meticulously like checking and rechecking to make sure that like all the things like lined, lined up perfectly up. Mm-hmm. compared to this person who has now gone on to just do like other things with her life and like it or not even for herself the thing that she is forever going to be most known for is harry potter mm-hmm. and so So one way or another, that's where she's going to get the most questions. One way or another, that's probably where the majority of like her future work is going to spawn from in Mm -hmm. terms of like future movies and stories and, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, But it's tricky. It really is because it, I I feel like she can make mistakes with characters that we, the audience are so tuned into that we're aware of it. Like, yeah, like it's, it's almost like you're no longer the authority on it unless you're going to go and sit back in that room with all the pieces of red yarn connecting all the dots <laughs> right. and like all the backstory. The difference I will I will grant her the credit on is I think the writings by J.K. Rowling on what was formerly Pottermore and now Wizarding World. Right. Where those tend to be pretty airtight. They um, I mean they were that was I think that was the point. It's like this is an expansion of the story. Right. And they were like I think what I liked about those is that they were like small and digestible and yeah, they they didn't really often conflict with the story like provided you with the kind of background info and stuff and you could be like yeah i see what this it doesn't really affect much right um so yeah yeah so it's 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 interesting it's weird it's hard um i i do think that we we tend to forget that people are people sometimes uh when it comes to things like this like you you hold them in this magnitude that is like i i, I don't know like I, I i think for me so often like i think of the world of harry potter like just existing mm-hmm. you know it's like it's it's not like stuff that's being made up it's not the you know it's like it's oh, like yeah. it's all real like it, it's there like, it's there like the world is there yeah like, like everything has to make sense because the world makes sense like, yeah like you you can ultimately unravel anything and get to get to the part of it that you yeah that you want yeah i think that's why so many people like harry potter because they feel like it really is there and it's all this sort of like shared collective conscience about what what it's like Yes. Yeah. yeah. And everyone likes to be a part of that together. And nobody wants it to be ruined. Nobody wants it to be ruined. That's why I think people are get so like gun shy when things are challenged on uh, the Harry Potter front, like the McGonagall showing up in the Crimes of Grindelwald. It's like, hey, but 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 but, but, but no, no, you can't mess up. <laughs> How does that happen? I don't know. Well, the thing is, okay, so I will say that. Most of, like, big franchises like this, Star Wars and Harry Potter and stuff, they do have people on staff whose sole job it is is to keep the canon straight. Right. Is to just make sure, like, oh, you're putting this in a novel? Does it conflict with anything we've said in other novels? It's my job to have read all of the things and know all of the things and double-check against all the things. To know whether or not and, there's a conflicting yeah. fact. Can you, yeah, like... 
that's that is a way I think the, the novels would affect the movies is like oh did you want this character to do that well right like you can't okay you can't. so here's my question for you then as uh, I don't even know that we can call ourselves experts nexus necessarily but like well well read in in the world is that a job that you would be willing to accept doing as a way to be more involved with the actual creation of a Harry Potter story if it meant that you were no longer able to speculate on it. Mm. Like, like, would you trade our ability to speculate for your ability to create? Ooh. It, it would, and it's interesting to know whether or not you, like, what your level of creation would be like. The name for these people at Harry Potter is called Potterologists, by the way. Okay, so if you could be considered a co-writer of a Fantastic Beasts <laughs> big screen film. Yeah. Like, writing credits on the movie. Yeah. Would you trade what we do for that label? Oh, yeah, probably. You would? <laughs> I mean, to get to help make the thing? That'd be so cool. I mean, it would be so cool, but, like, yeah. what? I mean, a certain amount of our livelihood does come from, from our if speculation. You're, if you're like a writer on a giant Harry Potter Warner Brothers movie, I think your livelihood's pretty taken care of. <laughs> is, is it? I mean, I have no I idea. I don't know. I don't know how these things work. I bet they're doing pretty good financially. <laughs> Interesting. I see. I I feel I I have absolutely. I'm speaking from nothing more than my own mental argument. I have no idea what that would be. Mm. What that number would be like. What if if it would be worth it? Like how weird would it be if our if our actual job was just more worth it than being involved with actually creating it? Boy, that'd be a predicament. That would be a predicament. Because but I feel like it would be so cool to be on the inside. I think we're good at our job because we are big fans of the things, and it would be such an honor to be a part of creating one of the things. That 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 would be also part of being a fan you know okay next question for you do you think we could do it do you think we could do it you and i do you think that we are capable i mean we've never written a screenplay before ever yeah we're not writers by trade or training or anything mm -hmm. would we be capable of writing a story i mean i'm sure if we could come up with the story i don't know if we could like format it appropriately for hollywood or something but there are people that do that there I'm are sure. people who do that could adapt your yeah, script to screenplay or whatever right that's a thing that's a job someone has so okay so hypothetically if all we had to do was come up with a story go into a room and basically like whiteboard the entire thing out mm -hmm. could we do it I'm sure we could. Yeah? I think so. Who do we call? I don't know. I want to I want to know who to call. We don't Here's the thing. We don't have to add to someone else's story. We can just write our own story. You know what I mean? Well, I get that. Yeah. Then we have to make up all of our own characters and mm -hmm. their motives and intentions and Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that seems You're like gonna have to do that anyway. I know, but it's different when uh, it gives me the palm sweats. Gives you the palm sweats. The that's palm. how you know you're. That's how you know you're doing good. That's how you know you're onto something. Right. Right. You okay. have to have the courage to do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well. Anyway, I feel like we've we've covered an enormous number of things today. Um, I very much enjoyed talking about all of the peripheral worlds of everything. Yeah. I'll be curious to know how everybody feels about the Gamora paradox. Oh yes. Um. Does does a intended scene that was left out still count that ends up being the probably the question of the day for us today um if you guys have any thoughts on that or the episode at all be sure to use hashtag popcorn culture uh you can follow us on twitter i think hopefully maybe you might have to look it up a couple of times i'm pretty sure our handle is at a popcast yes that is what it is a popcast look at us go yeah look at us go check us out on twitter at a popcast absolutely that's the official popcorn culture podcast account nice look at you using words yeah i thought of them i, I thought of them all on my own i even said them out loud <laughs> oh man yeah anyway guys until next time bye pop pop Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. 
For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.